Cause we are living in a chemical world And I'm a chemical nondescript person We are living in a chemical world And I am a chemical girl We are living in a chemical world And I am a chemical girl or boy We are living in a chemical world And I am a chemical I'm so tired of this demon or disease All these constant memories drowned in my comorbidities I'm so tired of the billionaire elite Wasting blood diamonds on their feet While kids are dying in the streets I'm so tired of feeling like I'm falling Of my best friends never calling Of all this baggage I've been hauling I'm so tired of everybody's good advice On how I should live my life As if they understood the night I'm so tired of these labels they put on me. I'm not a hipster, goth, or freak. I'm just a human being. I'm so tired of this face. I think I'll cut it. Of this mouth. I think I'll shut it. So there's no need to interrupt it. I'm so tired of the need to write a chorus. Like new music doesn't bore us. Like it casts out and ignores us. Estoy cansado de llorar todos los días. Para las fantasmas de mi infancias. No sé qué es con mi cerebro. Me gustaría esto muerto Ven conmigo Ven conmigo Ven conmigo Ven conmigo Ven conmigo Good afternoon and welcome to Chemical World That was Muggsy Faye, co-host of Chemical World Here with me in the studio Yes, and that was Kenna Crampton, other co-host of <laughs> Chemical World, here with me, Muggsy Fay, a.k.a. Maggie Selbeen. I've been thinking about this, though. I feel like all of my friends have a very similar name to me these days, and so I'm going with Muggsy as much as I can, people. Anyway, <laughs> that was um, a little piece from La Llorona by Muggsy Fay, my musical persona, and it was a very nice little segment to kind of go along with our mental health theme. But we're going to get a little on a different track today as it is our March episode. And whether you're a basketball, I think, is what's happening right now, uh, fan. March Madness, yeah. Yeah, Oscars, <laughs> whatever it is that you're into. Um, there's a lot happening. It's spring. spring a lot of yeah, that's yeah, what I'm into. Change, <laughs> absolutely. And um, it's a legislative season, so it's grueling, but it's actually very exciting this year, this season. Um, some of the bills happening in Colorado, specifically around opioid abatement and all things drug abuse, which, of course, are all things mental health. Yeah. So um, it's really great that this is all happening today um, because there's something there is a bill that's going to vote in the Colorado House of Representatives today. This is we're recording this on March 9th. So that way, you know what today is. <laughs> and then um, so by the time you hear this, um, we'll all know more. But uh, Maggie, give us a little bit of a background on what's happening today and then some other bills that we're going to hear about. Yeah, absolutely. So House Bill 1202 is definitely the most exciting bill that we've seen in the legislative sessions this year. And this is giving local municipalities in Colorado the authority to open overdose prevention centers or OPCs mm -hmm. which are an evidence-based program designed to of course mitigate overdose they are locations that exist legally across the world 
and have never seen a single death occur in these facilities because it's a space where people can use drugs under medical supervision. Um, it's interesting because we talk a lot on the show about decriminalization versus legalization versus the medicalization of drugs. And, you know, I do a lot of education in high schools. And we just as a society, not only do we not chemically understand drugs and how they interact with our bodies or even do we understand our brains and our bodies very well, but we really don't get drugs <laughs> as a concept, right? Yeah. Because you think like, oh, Narcan's a drug. It's like, yeah, ibuprofen is a drug. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I do have a quick question. Um, yeah. So is this, are, are these same, are these the same as like safe injection sites? Like what ha are opening up in New York? Or is this the same kind of yes, thing? Yes. Thank okay, you for cool. asking that clarifying okay question because we, you know we use a lot of different terms for the same thing a lot okay. of the time yeah. and of course it's all very new yeah absolutely and yeah. overdose prevention centers are kind of the preferred term because of course safe injection sites sounds yeah. a little it's like the same thing as like syringe access service as opposed to um needle exchange needle exchange. exactly yeah and of course like in this work like we i love the punk rock old school language but the conservative legislators not so much and yeah. i'm also um really into the uh linguistic concept of code switching that we all engage in we mm -hmm. speak differently to our homies than we do to our teachers or our parents or whomever so you know unfortunately while language is very important and we want to be really considerate of that it's also really important who your target audience is and who you're speaking to because you totally. want to use language people understand and mm -hmm. so yeah the <coughs> nation's um, United States first overdose prevention center opened um, on point NYC in New York City about a year ago and then they released their data there have been multiple attempts to open these locations in Denver and Philadelphia and often just because of stigma um, there they, they don't and, and also because it's really restrictive of where these places can be right um, they haven't really come to fruition on that legal scale here in the US of course the concept of an overdose prevention center you know if you have a space where mo lots of people are using and there's people there who are designated sober individuals who carry naloxone and are monitoring people so there are illegal you know, spaces mm -hmm. that operate where it's just mutual aid. I mean, that's where harm right. reduction comes from is we have to take care of each other and we can't wait around for the government to do it, right? Because, yeah, this is a slow, grueling process, so it was extremely exciting. Um, I've testified at a number of these bills um, virtually. I really wish I could be at Cap Hill more, but I can barely get out of Glenwood with the canyon. Um, <laughs> on the 1st of March, we did pass overdose prevention center bill 1202 out of the first committee, which is the public health committee. And so I'm not even the most familiar with all of this. Like I know there's multiple steps to how a bill becomes a law, right? It passes through multiple committees. It, so this is like our first committee and then it's going to the House of Representatives today, Thursday, okay. March 9th. And then I, I actually feel like there might be a third step. I'm like, everyone's like, what are you even talking about this if you don't know, Maggie? Um, but, and then eventually it will go to Governor Polis's desk if continued to approve and signed into law. That's not your expertise. What you want to tell <laughs> us about is what the bill actually means. Yeah, and so it's very much a local control focus bill. So it is allowing local municipalities in Colorado to decide if they want to open these centers. And again, these centers have done nothing but save lives. They're, you know, a great strategy in mitigating overdose. And of course, not everyone is going to use them, but, you know, for every person who uses it, that's a life potentially saved and there's some great data um, you know if you want to look into more about on point NYC and to learn more about any of the legislation I'm talking about today particularly OPCs or overdose prevention centers 
You can visit CODPC.org. The newly founded Colorado Drug Policy Coalition is putting out a lot of information, not just about all these bills, but also how you can get involved if you want to testify for or against them. If you don't like what I'm saying, get up on Cap Hill and tell them that you're against my stance and tell them whatever you want. It's been really, (laughs) and if you're for it, go do that too. You can submit written testimony. You can Zoom in. You can go there in person. Um, This is, you know, democracy after. All. Yeah. yeah, let's let's keep it a democracy. And if you have anything to say, let the let the House of Representatives know. Um, not now because it's too late now. But <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I guess but. that's how it works, right? Is these are the initial hearings where we can provide public testimony. Oh, don't ask me. I don't know. Yeah, this is a good question. Somebody email me and let me. I'll figure it out. Yeah. But that would make sense that this is like the initial step where we can make public comment. We're all learning the process together. I like. Yeah. I know a lot about local government, not as much state government. Uh, but. It has been a really interesting process, and it's really interesting to hear all of the arguments on both sides, you know, and it's everyone is affected by this issue. Everybody cares, and it's hard sometimes when we're in these sessions and it feels like we're just butting heads with the same information over and over again when all we want to do is save lives, and I think that with a lot of how I've been testifying for or whatever with these bills it's just about you know let's just focus on how we can save people and let's try these things that are working when you know what we're doing hasn't been I will say there was one interesting especially with the overdose prevention centers you know they they have them in Vancouver um, as kind of the epicenter for this work in North North America and there were a lot of arguments that were saying like oh it's helped the community and then a lot of arguments saying no it hasn't helped the community so uh, but I will say there has continued to be an increase in overdose deaths nationwide, statewide, countywide, in spite of all these efforts to get naloxone, fentanyl test strips, um, you know, utilize 911 Good Samaritan laws, which we'll talk more about in a second. You know, all these evidence-based strategies to mitigate overdose and opioid abuse, we still are seeing more deaths. And I would argue it's like because we as harm reductionists, we target illicit drug users, people who use drugs every day, people who are in the ER all the time, people whose drug use is very chaotic and potentially causing some physical harm and so to themselves. And so what we're seeing now more is recreational users being exposed to fentanyl and cocaine, MDMA, methamphetamine. I was just having this conversation before I walked through the door. I give everyone Narcan because if you use drugs ever at all that you get on the street or online or from a friend, it could be contaminated with some sort of opioid. It could be contaminated with a tranquilizer or a benzo. I used they used to tell me cow bones. They used to crush up cow bones and put it in cocaine. Who knows? Hey, I would much rather cow bones than fentanyl. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> pure, like, yeah, natural. T- test your drugs for sure. And um and I like that you just touched a little bit on that Good Samaritan law because wasn't there a bill that has already that's already in the process a little bit farther along than twelve oh two it's eleven sixty seven? Yeah. The Good Samaritan yeah, bill? correct. And so that I didn't is. I mean, to just. No, that's perfect. I okay. agree. Um, <laughs> perfect transition to, yeah, House Bill 1167, which I believe I testified on near the end of February. And this is basically, so a little bit of background on this one. And I'm not 100% sure where this one is at. And of course, we're all very busy there because there are things happening today. Um, I've been all over the state this week, very literally. Started from yeah. the I posted started from the bottom. Now we're here, and I'm like, yeah, because I literally drove from Durango to Denver from like the bottom of the state. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but so, 
I'm not 100% sure where this one is at, but it did pass through, and I believe with amendments, and then I believe that there have been, has been an amended version that has, uh, has passed through again, and, and that is, of course, available on you know co- the Colorado government legal website. And so, and again, if you go to, if you choose to visit High Rockies Harm Reduction's Facebook or Instagram, there's also a lot of information about these bills, articles, links to get involved and all that as well. So a little background information. We have a 911 Good Samaritan law here in Colorado that protects people who call 911 to report a known or suspected overdose from prosecution for drug possession, paraphernalia, or minor in possession of alcohol or cannabis. And... That law is designed, of course, to encourage people to call 911 to protect people who are having an emergency event. Last year in 2022, okay, wait, no, back up a little bit more. In 2019, I just like to remind people that Governor Polis, apparently very like sneakily, although I will admit I wasn't necessarily reading the news a lot back then, decriminalized personal use of drugs in Colorado. So this is kind of similar to models we see internationally where basically if you have a personal use amount and it's going to be a different weight and you can look this up too in the law per drug, like each drug has a different weight because it's reflective of what the drug is, right? But a personal use amount is like a misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what that like decriminalization looks like. And for the record, I would just say that I think we all, well, no, maybe listeners aren't aware that the, you know, that idea is that we're trying to target mass distributors of drugs, right? Uh-huh. That we're not trying uh-huh. to necessarily target low-level users and dealers because they are victims of the drug war. We're trying to get, you know, and this is not my opinion, this is the theory, we're trying to get drugs off the street by um, targeting cartels. I think we have to target doctors as well, which we are doing nationally. So there are, you know, less opioids that are real on the streets because doctors are giving out less of them. And so now we have fentanyl contamination in a lot of pills. Um, and, you know, things with Adderall shortages also, you know, affect like now if you are trying to get Adderall off the streets, it's very likely contaminated with something. Anyway, I digress. So, um, but that personal use thing, like uh, I've heard stories where cops are like, took your Ziploc baggies out of your kitchen drawer and tried to charge you with distribution, right? Like there's a lot of factors that they can say, oh, well, it looks like distribution, right? But that's what they're looking for in theory. They're not looking for low-level use. They're looking to prosecute high-level drug dealers. So we have decriminalization in Colorado as of 2019, right? 2022, we're like in the midst of the this fentanyl crisis and epidemic. And so we see the Fentanyl Accountability Act, which basically makes any amount of fentanyl a felony and i think kind of the mentality behind that is because a very small amount can kill you and so Mm -hmm. i don't know what it was like the two grams or something that was the personal amount that they're like well that could kill 100 people fair but now like and so in all of these hearings there are a lot of conversations because it'll say um anyone who sells distributes or quote unquote otherwise transfers drugs is now targeted as a dealer. And that is not targeting high-level dealers. That is targeting low-level people who use. And, you know, we've seen so many situations across the state where a loved one gives 
let's say, gives somebody a pill and that person dies and neither of them had any idea there was fentanyl. So should that other person be charged with homicide, which is the other third, the third pill that we'll talk about. But back to this um, 911 Good Samaritan thing. So that um, Fentanyl Accountability Act really affects that, right? Because that's the majority of the overdoses we're seeing are not only fentanyl overdoses, but people who do not know that, that that's not what they were trying to buy, right? They were trying to buy cocaine. They were trying to buy heroin or oxys. They were not trying to buy fentanyl. So it creates a lot of problems yeah. because it's targeting, in my opinion, like just totally the wrong people because it's targeting people who don't even know that that's what the substance is. So it's interesting because this is also like relevant to some other bills, that whole concept of who is the transfer and a lot of conversations around we need compassion for low-level drug dealers. I don't even like saying that phrase. Like it doesn't feel right <laughs> because, um, again, we're all, whether you're a low-level drug dealer or police enforcement, what, whatever, we're all victims of propaganda and the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. We've all been kind of brainwashed by this. <coughs> but we all have the opportunity to move forward with compassionate care and understand that like education, mental health services, health care, right? Mm -hmm. And finding the right medications yeah. and not restricting medications that may be very helpful to people. So back to this House Bill 1167 is basically designed to extend protection to people who call 911 in the in overdose events that involve fentanyl. Okay. So that's very exciting that we did pass that. It was interesting because there's yeah, a lot of back and forth about very specific language. But so House Bill 1167 extends immunity to those calling 911 in the event of an overdose to include fentanyl because there was a lot of fear and concern that this Fentanyl Accountability Act, now we can't call 911. You can call 911, especially if you live in the beautiful communities of Garfield, Summit, Pickin, Lake, and Eagle County, my lovely service area mm -hmm. with High Rockies Harm Reduction, uh, please, please always call 911 in the event of a medical emergency or if you don't know what's going on. I know it's scary. I know there's a lot of questions and what ifs, but it's all it, the worst possible thing is to lose a friend. So always call 911. And if you have any problems, reach out to me, Maggie, at 970-618-4194 via text only, people. If you call me, I will try. There are very serendipitous times where I answer my phone, and you are very lucky to get through. But truthfully, I'm very busy, and I would appreciate emails and direct text messages. <laughs> um, and I would love to support you if you have any issues around calling 911, but really want to get that message out. And we're passing more bills to make that safer for you. That's awesome. And very good to know. Call 911 if you need to, if someone is in trouble. Um, and so then we'll go back to what you mentioned briefly, and that is the um, the drug-induced homicide bill. So that's that's kind of what you were talking about that had – that like with the fentanyl. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like maybe we should have done this backwards because now we're going to like end it on like the worst bill, and this is kind of a little potentially – counter like not necessarily counteracting but like kind of the opposite of what that last bill was talking about and this is like a different kind of bill so you know all of these bills are heard in different houses so that house bill 1167 for the um, reporting of emergency overdose events is in our judiciary committee the overdose prevention centers bill passed through our public health committee and then this drug-induced homicide bill which is what i'm calling it it's not what it's called and i didn't even write down what the bill is actually called because it's like you know, a little legalese. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
that is going through our Senate right? I don't know. Never mind. But it's a Senate Bill 109. And this actually did pass. Um, I wasn't able to attend this hearing virtually because I was in Durango doing an event. I submitted some written testimony. So this was heard on Monday, uh, March 6th. And basically what this drug does is it's making it a homicide, a level one felony. Um, And again, we're going back to the same language. And so yeah, it'll be interesting because this kind of like, so I'm sorry, I'm wrapping my mind around this as I'm talking about it because this is like also new and literally happening today. So going back real quick, as a reminder, House Bill 1202 for Overdose Prevention Centers will be heard in the House of Representatives today, March 9th. So by actual today, March 13th, we will have a lot more information on that. Um, This drug-induced homicide bill passed through the Senate House on March 6th, so I don't know what the next stage of that is. This bill makes it so anyone who sells, dispenses, or transfers, quote-unquote, drugs resulting in a death will be charged with a level one felony or homicide. And so I am going to tell you right now that the way I am choosing to interpret these laws that I'm looking at, so if you call 911, you won't be charged with that felony, brah. You better call 911 because it will, uh, and that's... Otherwise, you could be looking at more trouble than... Just from touching the drugs, mm-hmm. sharing, and that's the issue, right? Is most people are sharing drugs, and fentanyl is such a we- is, is such an anomaly in the sense that such a small amount can kill you, but drugs, chocolate chip cookie. So, like, you and I could take a pill out of the same bag, mm-hmm. or even split a pill in half, and you could die, and I'd be fine. And now I'm your murderer, even though yeah. we were just trying to like play. Hogwarts Legacy on a Friday night, you I was know. Gonna say risk, though. I don't know well, which one sounds more fun. I just saw a commercial for <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy, and I'm like, I haven't played video games really in a long time. But I, w- I texted my friend, I'm like, I'm immediately sucked back in. I need a PS5 now. <laughs> so if anyone has an old PS5, anyway. <laughs> well, and um, I kind of wanted to uh, like this was such great information, but I did want to just because I saw something this morning on the internet, uh, you on um, Veil today. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted to kind of ask you about the spring break. Like, yeah, that, I, I thought we could maybe like wrap up with that. If Perfect. that's all right, because I just think that that sounds like such a cool thing getting people ready because I think spring break will happen between now and our next episodes. So. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you so much, Kenna. So yeah, and if you want to learn more about any of these bills, you know, visit High Rockies Home Reduction on social media, check out codpc.org. And then yeah, I'm doing, um, I'm working with uh, the Colorado Consortium for Prescription Drug Abuse Prevention, my favorite people with the longest name <laughs> on a spring break campaign across our beautiful rural Rocky Mountains. And so this is called Keep the Party Safe and you can learn more at keepthepartysafe.org and also on Instagram and Facebook. And basically, we're just trying to create a lot more awareness around, you know, what what I've kind of been talking about with these bills, which is fentanyl contamination in all drugs. And, you know, there's other things out there. There's xylazine, which is a tranquilizer, so naloxone will not work on that because it's not an opioid. There are Mm -hmm. other opioids that can contaminate drugs that won't show up with a fentanyl test strip. But the bottom line is the the first aid response is the same. Mm-hmm. Call 911 and give them Narcan. We abs- That's absolutely what you should do every time, no matter who you are, where you are, whatever's going on, if someone becomes unresponsive. Because no matter what knocks, um, I was going to say, okay, naloxone or Narcan is not dangerous to dis- to give to somebody in any situation. Correct. Same drug, different names, brand name, generic, not dangerous, can't hurt you, not psychoactive, 
and you are protected in the state of Colorado and most states across the country, as far as I know, to give naloxone. Cool. And again, going back real quick to the bills, you know, this is we have kind of if we work with our law enforcement, they can choose to really be like, okay, you called nine one one, so we're not, you're not you know accountable to this Senate bill, right? Yeah. Like if we have those conversations and and encourage that relationship, which we have here locally. So going back to keep the party safe, um, we want everyone to you know think about this, uh, especially as we have more people coming into our you know resort towns for spring break, and folks will be traveling, and we have you know of course our wonderful service industry people and resort staff and ski staff. And so, you know, anyone out there using cocaine, using MDMA, using any kind of pills can potentially be at risk for opioid contamination. We want everyone to BYON, bring your own naloxone or Narcan. <laughs> and if you don't know where to get it, you know, you can go to your ph- talk to your pharmacist, talk to your doctor, go to HighRockiesHarmReduction.com and click that service schedule and you can find physical locations to come in and get it as well as an order form for delivery and mail-based oh, cool. services. So bear with me. It's like two to four weeks that it takes me if you're somewhere that has a local organization um you know i'll connect you but it does take me a while a little bit to mail everything out to everyone we get a lot of requests which is great um but you know we just we want to get that out there as much as possible and again depending on where you are there's public health there's um, direct services there's other places in the community you can get narcan and we do want people to test their drugs with fentanyl test strips we also give those out we're also working with public health to give those out and make sure, you know, there's mass distribution of these supplies. And just always, 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 if someone is not breathing or not able to respond to you, please call 911 and keep the party safe this spring break. Awesome. Yep, as the warm weather is coming. And, you know, especially in this valley, summer brings a lot of partying, too. So just um, be safe out there. Yeah, whether it's you're on the river or the slopes. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for all of that information, Maggie. And um, and if you want to have a conversation with Maggie about any of this stuff, if you obviously we weren't able to cover nearly as much as you would like to um, in this short episode that we have, but uh, yeah, please reach out to her, Maggie at High Rockies Harm Reduction dot com. Also, you can follow Katie and Kay, uh, Chemical World, and High Rockies Harm Reduction on all social media platforms. And stay tuned for Chemical World coming back at you on April 10th at 4.30 p.m. And if you would like to listen to past episodes or extended versions of other episodes, you can go to kdnk.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much, Maggie, and I hope you have a great spring and a great equinox. And uh, remember, you don't have to be sober to keep your community clean. Thanks, Kenna. Have a great spring.
But if they give me stems and seeds, I have to walk away. He can beg and he can plead, but keep your drinks in sight. That's right, cause the boy with roof and all is always Mr. Right. Cause we are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical girl. We are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical girl or boy.